Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. We're going to have a wonderful hour with John and Pam Bloom. We call this Deep Thinker Thursday. This happens about once a month. I always look forward to it because it's like we do church with the Blooms, which is lovely. (laughs) John is the co-founder and and teacher at Desiring God. You can always go to desiringgod.org and just type in his name and you'll find lots and lots of articles that that he's written. He's a beautiful writer and communicator and his wife Pam is the same. And we're glad to have you both here. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So today, let's talk about our topic, which is rest. All who need rest, how Jesus welcomes the weary. And right before we started, John, you said you're a little weary. Yeah. Um, I'm weary. It's been a, it's been a um, long days this week. Okay. And so um, it's good to talk about it. It is uh, good to talk about it. Yeah. And I think we've gone through a, a period of life that has created additional stress, anxiety, and that creates weariness, right? Right. So we've had more opportunities to have rest, but have we been able to take advantage of that and be restful, right? Right. And that really is going to get to the core of what we're going to talk about. I can't be- wait. Because the rest that we're going to talk about is, um, that is most important to us, is the rest of the soul. And... Um, and which is a, a different, it comes from a different source than the rest of the body. I mean, it, it, if, we're, if our bodies are really tired, it affects us for sure. But we can get, we can have all the, the rest and leisure that we need. But if our souls are not at rest, we aren't mm-hmm. restful. Mm-hmm. Yes, that I agree with completely. The other thing is, I think later we're going we're gonna to talk about the importance of endurance. So we're going to make a connection today between rest and endurance, which sounds kind of like two, two almost two contradictory it does. topics. Are we going to talk about, are you going to, you going to tell us about rest or are you going to, cause and what, what, what do you need endurance for? You, you need endurance for something hard, right? Yeah. What, what's the middle ground, how to pace yourself? Well, um, <laughs> you know, the Bible, <laughs> we're going to find, we're going to show that the Bible doesn't necessarily give us the sorts of middle grounds that we are immediately tend to go to. And we tend to say, well, what we need is the right balance in life. But w- under the providence of God, rarely are we given balance. I've never understood that too, <laughs> the balance part. Right. But I mean, it's because life is always out of whack in some way or another. Totally. And that's not, I mean, that's, that's the way it is in the Bible too. I mean, right. you know, if you look at Jesus's life, the, the, the glimpse that we get, it's not, it's not a life of balance. It wasn't like he was, you know, just the right amount of sleep and just the right amount of food and just the right amount of vacation and just the right amount of work time. He was frequently exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of what we see in the, in the Bible, biblical saints, Old Testament, New Testament are people who are going through extraordinary hardship. They're not, they're not living balanced lives and most of our lives are not balanced. And, um, and so what we need is, is a, so that's why it's important to find out because, because 
Jesus talks about rest. We're going we're gonna to talk about rest because um, Jesus said one of the most beautiful things in the Bible, and probably everybody is thinking about it right now if, if they have any familiarity with the Bible, with the Gospels. He, see, he, had, he said one of the most beautiful things in the Bible about rest, but we're going to find out that um, the rest that he's talking about really has to do fundamentally with what we believe because it's, it's what we believe that is so tied to whether or not our souls are at rest. And so, Pam, I wonder if you would just read the text. And maybe share so the, some thoughts. Matthew 11? Yeah. So we're looking first at Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. It says, Come to me, all who... Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a memory verse for me and many others. So the question begs, what were the heavy burdens Jesus had in mind? So when we step back, think about who he was talking to. He's talking to the crowds who were flocking to him. And he looked on them, uh, it says just a couple chapters before in in Matthew 9, he's looking on the crowds and he felt compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd, Matthew says. And so he gives us this invitation, Pam just read, this wonderful invitation. Um, and this is an invitation that he is not only, because it's in the scripture, it's not just for these folks that he was looking at. He's extending it to us. And even to go back to what you said about our beliefs, like we might hear the word rest and anticipate what we're going to talk about and maybe a Sabbath rest or taking a break from work. But this is a belief-based rest that's adjusting where we're putting our hope back and putting it back on Jesus. Because we find that in all the stress of life, whether it's parenting or vocational work, or relational conflicts, or the crises that we're familiar with lately, um, our beliefs can either be our our beliefs will either lighten our burdens or they will add to them. So if we're believing things that are are not biblical, not based on God's way, we're going to find ourselves less restful, more burdened, and our situation might change. But if our beliefs are right. Don't you find that your load does feel lighter? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about. And we're looking to Jesus. We're finding the compassion in his eyes and hearing his invitation saying, come to me. I see that you're weary. I see that you're burnt out. Now learn from me and hear his gentle and lowly manner and his compassion. And I like, we're referring to an article that John wrote, which will be linked. But I like how you said this invitation is both urgent and tender. It's got, it's serious and it's soft. It's strong and it's soothing. And even that urgent, like this might be a very familiar text, like you said, but 
let's look at it in a new way and hear it with Jesus, not saying with a normal voice, come, but with some urgency, like you need to get away, come to me. Like this is not, like if I'm trying to get my kids' attention, there's a way that they can, my voice will just blend in. There's a way that they hear me and they know mom means what she's saying. This is urgent. Or maybe they would listen to you more. John. Like they, I do have a softer way, but Jesus is saying, come with urgency. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. I yeah. hadn't either. No, no, I like that a lot. So when Jesus does this invitation where he says, take my yoke, and I've heard what the yoke is and placing it over cattle. But when Jesus is saying, take my yoke, what yoke was Jesus yeah. inviting That's, that for is, us to take from him? That is a really important thing because that's another one of those strange juxtapositions in this in this thing come to me all you who are weary and 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 bearing heavy loads and i will give you rests i will give you a yoke yeah whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um yoke that's to make the animal work yeah right? i mean that's what you put on a working animal yeah and that working animal isn't like like generally isn't experiencing that yoke as easy can i have right? a pillow instead yeah like what well, I'm <laughs> thinking of a hammock. Wait a minute. Yeah. Are we Lemonade talking about rest here or are we talking about work here, <laughs> which is really important? Okay, so let's just, just for a second, let's, we, gotta, we always got to li- remember the context in which things are said in the scriptures. What, is G- what was the context in which Jesus is talking? Uh, we know that, you know, if we just look at, at the at a little bit earlier <clears throat> in the chapter, um, Jesus has rebuked certain cities that that had seen wonders from him and hadn't did not believe. So he brought he brings his he brings a rebuke on them. And then later after this section, he rebukes Jewish leaders because they were heaping obligations on the people and weren't doing anything. He said he what he said was and this is actually a, a quote from Luke 11, but it's it's the similar context. You load people with burdens hard to bear and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. That's the the weariness that he saw. Mm. That this is an oppressed people. They're oppressed by the Romans. They're oppressed by um, the, the 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 amount of obligations that, that that were being placed on them by religious leaders, um, they were working hard just to make ends meet, and they were harassed. They, they were they were harassed, and what was underneath that was all these things, the, these beliefs, the beliefs that 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 you know that that Israel like Israel wasn't living up to its its role. Where is the Messiah? You know, with Rome there, and then all these things that they couldn't perform, they could not live up to what the what the religious leaders were heaping on them, and they were weary. And the weariness is is coming from from the the draining of hope when when what what you believe just it's just like I don't I don't see any end for this. I don't see I I, I can't live up to the expectations, and I and I don't see hope. For the future, and so it's this belief that was adding to the burdens of their of just normal life, and um, and it was causing tremendous misery. And so Jesus is, pours out his his compassion to lift this unbearable burden and give them this light yoke. And so you just asked me, what's the yoke? So if we go back to the book of John, chapter six. 
and somebody in the crowd asked, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Okay, so what yoke, Jesus, should we be wearing in order to be doing what God wants us to do? And here's the yoke. Jesus answers, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. That's odd. I mean, that's not the, that's not the answer you're expecting. If you're asking, like, what should I do? Right? I mean, like, if I'm supposed to please God, what, do you want, what, what does he want from me? Mm-hmm. What, is, what does God really want from me? Jesus' answer is, is unexpected. And, and, and you're like, well, what, you're gonna, you know, the next question will be like, well, what does that mean too? But, but he says, here's what I want. I want you to believe in me. I want you to believe me. That's the yoke. Take my yoke upon you. What, what, what's the yoke you want me to take? I want you to believe in me. I want you to believe in me. And so, um, and so that's the invitation. That's the invitation that he's giving to us. I want you to believe. And the question is, what? <laughs> well, take a break. John and Pam Bloom are my guests. This is Deep Thinker Thursday. We're talking about this powerful passage in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. We're talking today about if you need rest, how Jesus welcomes the weary. We'll be right back. Back to the show. John and Pam Bloom are my guests. Deep Thinker Thursday. I'm fascinated, John, with what you said uh, just before. What is this yoke? And then you said out of the John that the, the, the yoke is to believe in me, right? Right. See, I thought God was telling you the yoke is to come cut my lawn, which would have been nice. <laughs> I have to do that sometime in the next couple of days. But anyway, um, putting all that aside, let's go back into this need we have for rest Um yeah, what's and the how, yoke? And what is the yoke? Yeah. What's the yoke? Yep. Okay, so he says, believe in me. So, so we're going to say, believe, believe what? B- believe in you for what? And let's remember. So we, we, we have the context that the crowd didn't have. Um, what we know is Jesus came to do a yoke exchange here. That's, one of, that's why he came. He, he, he came to take our yoke upon him, right? He says, he said, come to me, take my yoke upon you. He actually came to, to take our yoke upon him and give us his yoke. And the, the yoke he takes from us is he came to, to bear in our sins in his body on the tree. It says in first Peter two twenty four. So, so on the cross, Jesus took our inconceivably and unbearably heavy yoke of sin's condemnation and penalty, our guilt before God. And that redemptive work not only purchases our, uh, what we call justification, our, our freedom from guilt, our, our, our not guilty verdict before God, it also ensures the fulfillment of God's promises to supply all of our needs. So, so all the grace that comes to God or from God to those who, who he's pleased with, his children, 
That all comes through, through Jesus. Jesus takes our guilt and he fulfills the law perfectly for us. So we don't have to do that. What we need to do is trust him. And we trust him first, fundamentally, to do this. And then the promises then, all the promises of God become yes in Jesus, Paul says. All right, so we're able then to continually cast our cares then upon God because he cares for us, First Peter 5, 7. This is, this is what it means. We bring, we, we trust in these promises for our own soul. We let him bear our yoke, the yoke of our guilt and the yoke of our needs. And, uh, and Jesus bears everything that was unbearable for us. And he gives us his blessings. All right, so that's that is that's the that's kind of the bigger context, and what we're what we really want. He says, "Here's the West that he he says, come to me and you will find rest for your souls,' which is really, really, this the the rest that we're most longing for." And can I just respond to that? Yeah. Like when that becomes reality, and not just in our head, but we experience it spiritually and we feel it, isn't our response of this deep soul rest, like a deep sigh and a new a new spirit of worship and growing trust in him? Like, you're the kind of leader, Jesus, that I can trust. If you call me to come away and rest and you give me that kind of assignment to trust... Ah, oh, I, right. I can do that. Because what, what, the reason you're able to trust, the, the trust that you feel, or what you're, what you're experiencing is peace. And that peace is coming because you trust what he says, and it gives you hope. So you might still have a lot of difficulty in life. If you have hope, though, that's coming from trust, your soul finds Rest. That's a big deal. That's huge. That's a huge deal. Then so, so, so when God, when Jesus promised us rest for our souls, that's what he meant. That's what he meant. That's lovely. And so when, that's what David was praying back when he was in trouble, like he frequently was, Psalm 62, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. All right, so he's telling his soul, trust him, soul, my hope is comes from him. And then, and so we say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's Romans 15, 13. That's the rest. Hope is what we're always frantically looking for when our souls are in turmoil. We're looking for hope. And the God of hope is the God of compassion who says, come to me and you will find rest for your souls. I'll give you that. And that's the rest that makes the hard way of, of the life that we ha- are called to as followers possible. Because Jesus does say, the way is hard that leads to life. Matthew chapter 7. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of burden. There's, there's suffering. And we can have rest for our souls in the midst of even storms. And that's... 
why this is so important to understand and what and will eventually be the tie between this and and the, the need that we have for endurance what does that look like if we're getting this rest you've done a beautiful job of of theologically explaining it and i love this but i'm trying to think from a practical standpoint what kind of peace comes over you what sort of i'm now sitting in my chair going i think i've got a peace that i haven't had all week i came to god for rest and here it is i feel it or i or or i i'm i know that god is comforting me yeah i'm trying to think of what it might look like so coming to jesus to take his yoke on on you the yoke of believing in him looks a little different in every situation that it call, that were that's called for so in other words what does it mean to trust him what are the promises that God makes in this in a particular situation? So if somebody's going through grief, the loss of somebody, it looks a particular way that's different from if some that somebody's going through a a faith crisis. They're having struggles with deep doubts about things. Though that requires um, taking hold of promises uh, that relate to that issue, or if you're dealing with with a prodigal child, that that relates to i mean you 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 look for promises that apply to that or if you if you're under financial stress and you're wondering uh, are my needs going to be provided you're going to promises like my god will provide all i need whether it's whether i abound or whether i i find myself in like in want i can do all things through god who strengthens me he will he will give me sufficient grace if we have a thorn in the flesh that just doesn't leave it's a, some sort of physical suffering and we prayed like paul for three times and i and, and god's answer is my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness do you see what i mean it it it, it becomes uh, we've said this before but but the life of faith is like a martial art it's not like a science or it's not like a formula where that's easily it's we learn to respond to the different things that come our way, and they're always a little different. The rest that we need, how we, like what it is that we need to trust God for, what does it mean to believe in, in Jesus? Believe in me. What does it mean? For, it always looks a little different, but there's always a similarity. Does that make, does that make sense? It does. When you talk about the grace, I agree completely. I had a guest on... Oh, a year or so ago. I can't think of his last name. It's first name is Bill, but he he said if regarding grace, if you need it, grace supplies it. If you break it, grace fixes it. If you lose it, grace finds it. If you spoil it, grace restores it. When you're dirty, grace cleans you. When you're down low, grace picks you up. When you're hurt, grace comforts. Yeah. It's all there. Right. One-stop right. shopping, That's, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is quite a process, isn't it? It, it is, it, yeah. And it's not to freak out and get discouraged when it's not there. It's like it's coming back. Yeah. I need right. it. We're going to cover a little bit more of this with John and Pam Bloom. This is a very timely topic if you are going through some of your own weariness. When we come back, we're going to also talk about endurance. That's all coming up next in the next half hour. Show with Bill Arno, drive time, drive time. Let's get it 
Glad to be back with John and Pam Bloom. We call this Deep Thinker Thursday. They do all the deep thinking. I just host. We're talking about getting rest when you're weary. And Jesus calls us to rest, but doesn't Jesus also call us to endurance? Yeah. So so we've just talked about this great invitation where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest for your souls. Um, and he says, I love, one thing that I think we mentioned was, except when you quoted the verse, Pam, was, um, I am gentle and lowly of heart. I love that. Um, that's part of the very character of Jesus that, that's um, really important to understand or, or to believe in order to find rest. He, he's, he's gentle and lowly. That's not all he is, we know from Scripture. He's, mm-hmm. He can be firm. And, of course, there's, you know, the Jesus we see in Revelation is a, is a, uh, can be, you know, a conquering hero. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but in this case, when it comes to people who are coming to him for rest, he's gentle, humble. Mm-hmm. He's gentle and humble. That's lowly. That's what the Greek is for lowly, mm. humble, mm. huh? That's just one of the, I yeah. mean, that's, that's one of the ways you can. Okay, I love that. Yeah. So anyway, so, so he's gentle and, and lowly, but then he, has, then he calls us to, he says, you have need of endurance, all right? So this is a different place. We're going we're gonna to quote that. I'll tell you where that's from um, in a little bit, but, but you have need of endurance. Just like we, we quoted that the way is hard that leads to life. And so um, there's a connection between rest for your souls and endurance because the soul must be able to rest in the peace that comes from believing the future is hopeful. That's really important, okay? So we must be able to rest. The soul must be able to rest in the peace that comes from believing that the future is hopeful since hope is what fuels our ability to endure hardship. And so I've got some uh, three texts, Bill, if you'd be willing to, may to read I, those. May I read them? Please. John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's John sixteen thirty three. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And Romans 15, 13, made the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's right. So let me just just quickly go through those. John, he says, I say these things to you so that you may have peace... Okay, that's soul rest. Okay. Because in the world you will have tribulation. That's what you need endurance for. But take heart, which is another way of saying, be hopeful. I've overcome the world. You see that? Mm-hmm. Those connections between peace for the soul, hope, tribulation. And uh, Paul makes the same point when he says that, that, that through the in, through endurance and the encouragement of the scripture, so the source of peace, where we get our soul rest, we might have hope. All right, so that's, that's, the, that's the connection. 
All right. So um, we we need to be able to have peace, which provides the peace in a hopeful future, so that we have hope in order that we may endure. And and um, let me just start with a story here. I, I have a friend. Um, he and I have gone through some really similar difficulties, um, just soul wrestlings and dark nights of the soul. And um, a number of months ago, he and I had breakfast together and I asked him how he was doing. And his answer was, I'm enduring. <laughs> I'm enduring. So normally we go, how's it going? Oh, fine. You know, yeah. we have our courtesies, but he, we, he, he and I just deal on the level. And uh, he said, I'm enduring. I like that answer. Yeah. Now you might go like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, um, but that's, that's, if if that his response kind of sounds like a downer or like it doesn't like oh doesn't sound very remarkable it's only because you know nobody else would know that he was enduring a howling storm in his soul over the past year <laughs> with relentless questions doubts were pressing on him and he he was so he was wrestling you know spiritual forces of evil as as Paul would say in in Ephesians 6 in this disorienting fight for faith all the while, while he's he's trying to lead a young, growing family, he's trying to help lead a young, growing church bivocationally. He's trying to he's leading uh, a ministry that's increasingly visible. And on top of that, it's just the taxes, taxing, you know, effects of just normal life, the stresses that everybody endures. And so nobody really knew the kind of fortitude that this season was requiring him. So he's enduring. He's enduring. This is this is part of the Christian life. You have need of endurance, what Jesus says. And so um, we need to look at this because because we all have need of endurance, and endurance is a grit is a gift. When God gives us things that that increase our endurance the enduring of our faith and our ability our capacity to endure hardship it is a tremendous gift but it is not hardly ever felt like that in the moment All right can i just add something before mm-hmm. you describe the gift it's really important to know it's a gift but before you see it's a gift it can look like someone is really enduring something and if you observe it you you really, if you care for that person, you're like, how can I relieve you of that? Right. That's right. I'd like to fix your situation, eliminate it, get you out of it. And I know from experience, like ways I would want to care for someone would be to to try to fix it and not see there's a plan of need of endurance by going through this trial. So I I think that's part of what we're getting at is like um, heighten your appreciation of struggles because it, there's something really good coming. And don't take that gift away from someone by interfering with their experience that will gain them endurance. That's right. So if somebody's listening closely and have and listen to the first half of, of our time together, they're going to be going like, okay, now Jesus is saying, believe in me. But you're you're talking about you know somebody who's going through a difficult faith issue, and one of the things they're, having, they're struggling with is believing in him, and they're enduring. So like he's not finding rest, right? So is, is this is this good or bad? And the answer is, it it just depends, because sometimes, and and um, I can tell you this from experience, the the battle 
to believe in Jesus, the struggle, the sometimes the prolonged time of wrestling um, to, to get to the place of rest is itself a gift because it's creating endurance, pressing through, which is really important in a life that has a significant amount of suffering in it. And so there's, there's things that we only learn about how to believe in him through going through the struggles of believing in him, to believe in him. And we, we can see it in the disciples who were frequently bewildered by the things that Jesus was asking them to trust him for. So we ask, how do we get this endurance? It's often through pain. And there's just no way around it. And we actually are attaining more stamina. We know this, like there would be analogies from exercise. Your, your increased stamina, the discipline that it takes, pushing beyond current limits, it feels arduous, often agonizing, full of discomfort, which I hate. I, I would like ease, not discomfort. But this is where you're getting to the package that... Pain, where was that quote you said? I don't want to jump ahead. You can fill it in. But it's affliction is actually the package in a painful package that contains God's loving gift of endurance. So if we could even see (laughs) the image of wrapping paper being the affliction and the pain, like, I don't want to open that. Well, if if we do go through that process, inside is something better. Because the... the there's only one way to gain endurance. We all know this from every other part of life. It's being pushed beyond what you think you can do, or beyond what you want to do, endure. There's no way to get in shape without enduring significant discomfort. There's, you know, the, so endurance, if you want endurance, and if Jesus says you have need of endurance, there's one way to get it. And it's something... And usually a number of things that happen that would be in the category of the discipline of the Lord. Something that is painful. Something that, that seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. Right. So that's from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. And um, so... So we're talking about something that's going to be, that's difficult and it's a bit confusing because when God brings things into our lives to build endurance, it can be confusing. It can be disorienting for Christians. Um, it certainly was for the original receivers of the uh, the epistle to the Hebrews. They were going through persecution and all kinds of stuff. And uh, they were in their own howling spiritual storm like my friend was in. And uh, they were growing weary. And they were growing discouraged. And so, um, but when, when the writer of Hebrews actually looked at these folks, um, he didn't hear like endurance. He, what he heard was they were getting weary and they were starting to drift away from the gospel. He, he, he heard them losing their confidence in Jesus and starting to shrink back in fearful unbelief. He heard them risking the loss of, of the better and abiding possession that they, had once given them joy that comes from, from chapter 10 so, and, and, and they faced a, this clear and present danger of, in his mind of losing faith altogether. 
And so what they needed that moment wasn't consolation primarily, not that they didn't need it for some, but they needed exhortation. Okay, they needed they needed exhortation. And so he said, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. And he encouraged them at length to faithfully endure just as all the saints of old had done. So that's, that's, that, that's the hall of faith in, in Hebrews chapter 11. Mm-hmm. You read that? What is that? It's saints enduring. Look at them by faith, by faith, by faith, and their lives were, were difficult. Um, and, uh, and then he reminded them that their affliction, as Pam was saying, their affliction was a painful package containing God's loving gift of endurance. So, so if God wants us to learn to rest deeply in G- by believing in Jesus, sometimes he needs to increase our capacity for that by putting us into places where believing is hard in order to create increased capacities to endure hardship and trust him in it. Does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense. I mean, if you want to do something spectacular, you can't do it without God's intervention. You put yourself in a place of doing ministry or something where if God doesn't show up, this thing is a disaster. And that's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... But but it isn't felt like it. You know oh, what I mean. Never feels like it. No. Yeah. Um, and uh, and but but later, that's what it means by um, the 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 discipline of God. That kind of a situation it always feels painful, not pleasant. <laughs> but later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. Oh, I like that. Trained. Okay. Mm-hmm. We we don't just naturally just come. You know. Believing now, Jesus knows. He knows when we're weary and and need a kind of rest given to us. But he also knows when there's other things going on in us. There's areas of unbelief that are not going to be touched without his, without hardship, kind of touching on those, drawing them out. Um, because we can just just think about yourself. How how easily you can go to various things to try to find rest that aren't really going to give you soul rest, but are, might be leisurely entertaining. Uh, you know, you might, you might go to movies, you might go to food, you might go to sleeping, you might go to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not exercising faith. Everything is fine in its own way and time, but that's often not what we most need. If we're going to experience deep, profound soul rest, we need to trust him in deep ways. And if we can't do it, he will merci- mercifully help us get there. I love that. All right, we'll take one more break. John and Pam Bloom are my guests. We're talking Deep Thinker Thursday. Today's topic is rest and endurance. What an interesting combo. Be right back.
John and Pam Bloom are my guests. Deep Thinker Thursday. Here we are talking about rest and also endurance. So if we don't receive this, this rest and this endurance, then what? Well, um, the writer of the Hebrews says that, that, um, that they have that his readers had need of endurance so that when they had done the will of God they may receive what is promised that's 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 the that's the point and Jesus said the same thing you like um you have need of endurance so that you make it to the end you make it to the end that's that's the goal right um God w- wants us like if we're going to believe in Jesus, we have to, we're going to, we, we need to be able to believe to the end, which means you're going to go through a lot of suffering. Now in our, we were just saying during the break here, as we were chatting that, you know, everything in, in, in the United States, which, which has, you know, unprecedented levels of prosperity. And then we were, you know, everything around us is telling us that the life ought to be fun and entertaining and, you know, like, like, and that that's the way that's the way the good life is, and the and that normal life is, and um, it isn't the way normal life is in this age. But if that's the messages that we buy, and that and that shapes our expectations, and that's what we're shooting for, and if we don't have anything that, to create the kind of endurance that's needed to make it to the end through this life, we will not be able to endure we will we it, it, it will reduce our capacity it's like it's like if you're if you want to run if you want to run a marathon um but you just don't train you're not going to make it you've got to have it we have to have endurance built up endurance is a great gift a lack of resilience this is something that the social sciences are showing now like like um uh Resilience, a lack of resilience in people that, where, where, they, where they become, they just, they feel like I'm not safe. I need everything to be safe. I, I don't want to hear uh, ideas that contradict mine. Then I don't feel safe about that. Um, all those, there's, there's, there's a lack of resilience in, among many in our, in our culture. And they, like their, their ability to get through the hardness of life is reduced. That's a biblical principle here. And so, um, what is God doing? <laughs> That's the question. Like, like, okay, so he wants us to, what is he doing? Well, the writer of Hebrews tells us, this is all, this is, I'm really drawing this all from Hebrews chapter 12. This is something that, that, I, that I've learned <laughs> through my own hardship. God has, God has put me through various seasons of what I would call discipline, things that have been, in, in, just in my own context, you know, extraordinarily hard. The writer of Hebrews says, God is treating you as sons, all right, and uh, he and he's quoting he, Hebrews chapter twelve. He, he quotes from Proverbs three eleven and twelve. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. So if the, if the Lord loves us like children. He is going to do what we need in order to help us make it through. He treats us as sons or as children. And uh, 
And he and what he's doing here is he's disciplining us for our good. All right. So that, that's what he says a little in a couple of verses later. He's treat God is treating you as sons. Um, we can say when we're going through the discipline of the Lord, if the Lord disciplines the one he loves, then his discipline is an expression of love for me. So that's one like that's a that's a paradigm in which I want I hope that some people who are really struggling today might might hear. Okay. The reason some of the I'm enduring some of these things, and it's not the single only explanation for why for why things are happening to you. It's not the only way to, to understand it, but it's one important way. The Lord is dealing with you as with children. He disciplines the one he loves. It's an expression of God's love for me. And if God is treating treating us as his child, then it's an it's a confirmation. I really am his child. Because he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. That means there is a sanctifying, long-term, satisfying purpose to the agonizing experience that I'm going through. That God brings his discipline so that we, because he loves us and he wants us to share his holiness and and he wants us to experience the, the deep soul rest that we talked about. He, he, if we, and if we've been praying for those things, sometimes God's prayers are unexpected. They come in unexpected forms in order to do this in us, in order to create the kind of capacity for us to rest. It, he, he has great, deep purposes. And so they're not simple. But he loves us as children. And he loves us enough to discipline us. And isn't that a hopeful word to, in the middle of something that's agonizing, to know there's a purpose? And even though we can't picture, what does that mean to share in his holiness? But if we're hearing that gracious invitation, come to me, and I'm going to make you like me, Jesus says. Okay. <laughs> and you have a purpose. There's an, there's an end in this. That's a hopeful word. And I think discipline has that word as a bad rap. I love the word. Yeah, I mean, it's a great word. It is a it is it's a it's, wonderful word. It's where we get disciple from. Right. It's somebody who comes under the instruction, under the discipline of a yeah. of a teacher. Yeah. And uh, and everything that we do, any skill that we acquire, only comes through discipline. Right. So discipline is great. It's great. So when Jesus says, "I I, dis- I, I discipline and rebuke everyone I love," be in earnest then and turn from your sins. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great when you have a soft neck and open ears and you're teachable. Like, okay, teach me. I want to be a disciple. I'm following you. But if we harden our hearts and go like, I've had enough. I don't trust you anymore. No, thanks. Then the discipline is like, we resist it. Then we're not cooperating. It's a process. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. We're not, we, we need, he's going to make us like him to share his holiness, we we will if we listen to him and follow him, we will become gentle and lowly of heart, and then we become the kind of people that other people come to and experience the rest of God because they receive wisdom and grace from somebody who has been trained by it themselves. Mm-hmm. 
and become like Jesus. Does that make sense? A ton of sense. So that's if you want to be if you want to be able to minister to people, you must endure the discipline of the Lord because you become like Him. You get trained by He. He wants you to share His holiness. That's such good news. That is such good news. I love this topic today. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your wisdom and what the Lord has given you to share with us today. These articles that John has written will both be at DesiringGod.org. All who need rest, how Jesus welcomes the weary, and have you have need of endurance. That's right over there at DesiringGod.org. Thank you so much for being here, John no, and Pam. Always great to be with you. That thank wraps you. up our show for the day. I want to thank the guys for Guide Talk and the Blooms for making this such a wonderful couple of hours. I sure have enjoyed spending it with you. If you listen to uh, the podcast in the evening, welcome to the show. Glad you're with us tonight. I hope the rest of you have a wonderful night. I hope you have a good time uh, with the Lord tonight. And as you lay your head on the pillow, know that God is working out his great plan in your life. And happy birthday, Mom. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.